Scotty, Scotty, Scotty. Johnny, Johnny, Johnny. The line is very bad, but I'm sure we'll cope. Do you want to call back and try again? Oh, no, it's actually just got better. Okay. Um, okay, well, I'm ready whenever you are. How about this? Scotty, 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 guess what, guess what, guess what? Wow, John, you've got a new introduction. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Let me, I should say this again. Scotty, 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 guess what, guess what? You're still mean to me. But that doesn't matter. Guess what? You, guess what? You don't have a new introduction is what I should have said. <laughs> Carry on. No. John, what is it you're so, you are so no. excited about no. this week? No, no, no. We're going to have to work through this right now. We can't allow this to accumulate because my therapist is tired of dealing with it. We're going to unwrap this right now. Okay. <laughs> no, just kidding. But I think you, 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 you were... You, I'm, sure, I'm sure your therapist loves the cash. <laughs> That's probably true. No, well, first of all, what I was going to say, Scotty, 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 is that I have a fan on Twitter and you don't. Because nice martini cat had nice things to say. He said, nice podcast today about voice control and their topics. It reminded me of that book by Nathan Shedroff, Make It So, which I thought was very kind. And so nobody said anything nice to you about the podcast. So I thanked our fractional listener. So that's what that's what my Scotty 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 was all about. Now, the fact that you said that you don't have a new introduction, you were being sarcastic. It took me a while. We've been doing this for a while, but I have now discovered that sometimes you say things sarcastically so that you can give one meaning but appear to be being nice. Yeah, John, I'm I'm English. You should be surprised when vo- words come out of my mouth that aren't sar- sarcastic. <laughs> And I did. I did realize it. Uh, it, it took me a long time to realize that there are. Uh, and I'm not going to say all because it's. Uh, I think globalization, internationalization has made this a, a far smaller world. But um, definitely, when I started coming to the US in the in the 1990s, um, yeah, America did not get sarcasm unless you watched Monty Python, I suppose, or something. Yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, it's. Uh, and so people would look at you like you just, you know, were, they, that you were being really rude or stupid or whatever, and then you, yeah, you know, realized. But John, you are a, a man of the world. You are a, a, a an intellect beyond might. Um, <laughs> that's, you know, what's, so, a, what's it saying? You have half a brain and no muscle. <laughs> Yeah, that's might as in those small sort of like uh, amoeba-y, insect-y things, not... Right. not... <laughs> anyway, what have you... Other other than, um, you know, bathing in the glory of fandom, uh, what have you... Which which sounds really bad. Um, yeah. what, what have you actually been up to this week? Anything exciting for us? Um, well, the, the thing that I was talking about that I, it, you know, I shipped uh, with this week so I can tell people what it is, um, and it's a, basically a new graphical rating system because certain countries have very strict requirements for how uh, television and movie content is classified, and Korea is one in particular that they have a standardized set of iconography just depicting things like violence or drug use or what they call imitable behavior. Behavior, um, and so that we had to, to make a system for displaying these these icons um, during playback. Um, and it, it, this is something; it, it was a lot more complicated than the typical text only thing of saying, "Hey, this is you know TVMA, which means for mature audiences," or you know Gen G for you know because people I think are familiar with with rating systems around the world. And it's just that that you know whereas in the United States and in a lot of other countries, it's just a general blanket thing saying that you know this is for for 
audiences within this age range, the Koreans and, and also the Dutch uh, are, are very particular about it. They have iconography to explain exactly, which, which is good. It puts parents into control because you can say, hey, I don't mind if my kids see depictions of sex, but drugs or violence is, is off limits or, or vice versa or whatever, some other combination. So um, there's quite a bit of effort to be able to classify these things um, and then you have to describe them. And just what made it a little bit trickier now that if people were following along, it might make a little bit more sense is that you have different combinations of, of lines of text, some of which which have to wrap, some of which where they may be a rating and then some further description plus some icons, some of which might have just icons and, and text underneath each icon, which to describe the degree of, of sex, drugs and rock and roll. So it's one of those things where if, if, if we recall back some of the challenges that you have is, is that, you know, first of all, again, thank God for, for stack views because it, it made it a lot easier to handle those cases that I think the best thing about stack views is that if something is not there and you hide the view, it just automatically recalculates for you. And if you think about it, the tedium of having to do that uh, yourself, is, it's, I'm, I'm thankful for that, that, that being there. But the other thing, it was an interesting case of, of initially deluding yourself into thinking, well, you can make a single view that can handle all these different cases. And it, it just wasn't worth it. It was like one of those things where you can just say, no, nope, it's time to just make you know modifications make it make a, a essentially a, a, a mapping so you can say for this ratings board here's the zip file uh, to, to load and the other thing to kind of take the the, the I don't know it's strictly from Ruby on Rails but one of the, the mantras they always had is is convention over configuration which I like that so that if you are using a name somewhere use it multiple times use it to to, to specify let's say the zip that you're going to use or if you have a specified type that's coming back from a server maybe use that as the key for the the localized string I always like that. Um, so it was good. So uh, it, it's nice to see it out there in the world and to, to kind of put that behind me, but also knowing that we designed it in such a way that as new requirements, which surely, you know, we knew surely would come and, and surely will come, um, uh, we can adapt to it and have a system that's maintainable. So that that's that thing. But the, the other thing is I get... No, 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 but let me, let me, oh, let me ask you questions. Yeah, please. Don't... Okay. don't don't rush on too fast. You Sorry. Know. Don't, don't, don't overload our audience with too much of the good stuff. We need to just, like, give them a chance <laughs> to to dwell on this and uh, med- maybe a little meditation on it stuff. So this um, this UI, is it, is it, I mean, obviously you said it's shipped, so mm-hmm. people could look at it now. Is it, is it like, international? Is it universal? No. Uh, everywhere or just in the countries that need this type of thing? It's just, so, for example, I'm in the UK. Could I see it or I've just got to believe you that it's good? Yeah, you, you wouldn't be able to see it. Not at this point. Uh, it's possible that you know BBC. Uh, it's not the BBC. Maybe it is. The, the, there's a ratings board that's attached to the BBC, so there may be things coming in soon. You know what I could do is is maybe make some screenshots, put in the show notes. It would be helpful. Um, I think the, the 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 countries that are doing it now is Brazil, Korea, and the Netherlands. Um, so and and they're they're universal. So all, all content has it. If you go to see a, a movie in Korea or you watch TV on on Korean broadcast, the the icons are actually drawn by a by the ratings board. So they they provide the 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 iconography and and give guidelines for describing the degree to of to which something is. And they, they it's it's words. I can't remember the exact thing. I don't read Korean, but it's not a numerical value. It means something like heavy or high or something like that. Like I think it's high. I thought that was very good. It's like high levels <laughs> of being high. The high levels of drug usage, yeah. highness, yes. And and the, the Dutch one, the, the, the Dutch icon for, uh, you know, uh, kind of foul language, it's, it's funny. It looks like an alien that's spewing tadpoles. Um, it's, it's just bizarre. <laughs> I'll let people swim on that for a little bit. 
<laughs> okay, that's that's good. Okay, you move on. Give a get. I mean, give us. Is is it connected the next thing, or shall I go next? Yeah, come back. No, it's it, it's connected. Well, I think okay, then we'll go straight on then. So if you go. The other thing is, uh, I, I I've mentioned in the past that uh, we have moved over uh, to a, a node based uh, platform as a service for for all our microservices, and uh, I've now written a number of, of routes for it, another of, of peak. PQL handlers, you know, path query language, path handler, so that, you know, the way that we organize our data, it's it's not a RESTful service. It, it's the first time I ever worked with this, but it's a, it's an actual graph with references in it, um, which is very, very efficient because you basically have this, it, 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 even the way you imagine it, like this singular graph that has all the data that you pull down the server, all a reachable via key path. So you might have a top level node, which would be videos, for example, and then you might have a video ID. And so then all the data that you need about a video kind of hangs off of that and you can populate the graph to add as many, you know, leaf nodes uh, and atoms as you need. Um, and so it's good. So you can, you, and, and the nice thing about it is it's once it's there, th- there's also, uh, you know, a policy for, for how often you might refresh it for so things that may change quickly, uh, it can be handled in one way versus things that you know never change after the video is shipped. Like for instance, once something is, has a title, we don't just willy nilly change the title, but the 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 point to which somebody has has watched something uh, does change. <laughs> so anyway, but that's that's a topic for a whole other thing. So it's it's very powerful uh, the system that we have, and and, and it, it it did take me a while to to wrap my head around it um, because it it is very different from the you know all the patterns that, that I'd worked with and, and that most people worked with you know now this graph based thing with with you know falco is 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 what we invented and there's graphql which other people use um and it, it's functionally the same you know graphql uh, uh is uh it has much tighter schemas i'm going much too into this than i should but um anyway but the i, I wrote several uh new handlers in conjunction with this work that i was doing um and so I, I've 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 now gotten the religion in the big way about unit tests <laughs> and schema, and and because all this is all the stuff I think you've you spent a lot more time working on it. But you know one of the the the, the challenges I think of 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 working on on client teams, platform teams at Netflix is that. It, it's a good and bad thing. You know, we have control all over our endpoints. So the the data that 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 mobile developers get back from from our endpoints is different from the way TV was, and that makes perfect sense because if you think about the, uh, you know, the the network capabilities and and storage capacities and processing power, it's very different for a TV versus a mobile device. Um, and so that means that client teams are each responsible for maintaining their own endpoints and shaping the data exactly as they need it, uh, which then puts the the onus on the developer. So, you know, we have to, to do the projects from start to finish. So that includes figuring out which APIs are, are to be used if they already exist or which new APIs need to be discussed so that we can get the, the, the data we need and that we can also get it in a way that we can shape it the way we need. So that was interesting for, for this. Um, because it also involved things, you know, involving well, how do you describe icons, right? Do you, you know, because you could, you know, one way is that you might, you know, try to agree on a text-based naming mechanism, so saying that the icon for representing violence for the Korean board will be named this way, or do you do something else? So we had discussions about the pros and cons of doing it, and, and then other issues that that come to mind: uh, subtle differences between Android and iOS, for example. So iOS, you typically ship all the resources, all the local 
localized resources of all kind with your app. And so when it came time saying, hey, you know, we have new iconography, the Android developers was like, well, great. How do we segment this and only develop it, uh, deliver it to people who use a certain language? So there's a very highly evolved system in Android for delivering localized resources on the fly, uh, which is really helpful because it helps them keep the the initial payload down very low. And, and, and uh, I I don't really think iOS has this notion. Uh, I mean, I know that you can get resources down, but I don't think it is as as kind of there's not as a, a well paved path, I, I believe, as there is on on Android. Um, and then, but beside from that, uh, I've now because I've done enough of these routes and and trying to figure out from start to finish the the, the mechanism has gone from from doing something with with Groovy in a back end where you write your script and then upload it, let it run, and wait and watch the terminal as the log statements give you an idea of what's going on to, to running the entire Node stack on your on your device on your on your MacBook in a Docker container and 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 changing the route so you can have your you know your device talk to the back end that's going on on uh, uh, running on your machine so it's, it's a lot of processing power but it's it's very civilized to be able to set breakpoints both in xcode and and visual studio so you can see exactly what's going on and 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 inquire as to the data and it's also very helpful to be able to say you know uh, i'm going to set up a schema for this particular response and saying this is how it should be shaped and these are what the the possible you know uh, return states are if there's no data you know should it be a, a, an empty object should it be a a path with a, a you know a, a key with a value with an empty array you know, d- deciding and thinking about that and testing it and being able to run your, your tests and your tests are the development. That's that's what's been really, really helpful. So this is another way of saying, Scotty, 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 I've caught up, I've caught up, I've caught up. I've, I've learned a lot more in the last couple of weeks about this kind of stuff, things that you work with every day. So now I'm going to shut up. Well, that was the ASMR portion of the, of the, wait, let me scratch yeah, it. The, the... <laughs> Okay, there we go. <laughs> okay. Uh, now, I, I, the gra- graphing is great. I mean, I've not really done that much with graphing, and um, uh, we're not, we were looking at GraphQL for something we were doing uh, and then have not used it because it didn't really, you know, our needs weren't around that. But, but graphing is definitely, uh, especially when you're looking at not transmitting as much data and being really flexible in what comes is great. I, I think the people, I don't know many people who've done masses with you know, big, big systems with, with GraphQL or a similar system. I, I mean, there are people, I'm just saying I don't know them. Um, I always get the sense that GraphQL type of stuff is great for read-only stuff, but starts to maybe have a few more issues when you have a a constantly and regularly changing set of data um yeah i think i think some of it some of it gets i'm not saying it goes wrong i'm just saying it gets a lot more complicated to use whereas if you're accessing a a um huge amount of primarily slow changing data then it's absolutely perfect and and i'm guessing other than as you've said um uh you know current playback positions or things like wish lists on the whole the majority of your data is fairly it's more read-only than it is update. That is so correct. I, I, I can imagine that it fits your model incredibly well. And just knowing you know, in this in this region, we only need this data, and in this region, we need this data, and be able to structure your, your your queries and your schemas around only transmitting data to the app that it actually needs is, um, firstly, it's incredibly efficient. And, um, you know, in, in, the, in the world of being eco-friendly and trying not to use 
you know single-use plastics and all of that you have to remember that actually it it, it there is a, an electricity cost to transmitting data so you know if every every request in the world could save a few bytes that would actually have a significant energy impact on the world it really does you you laugh but i i i for the last no, i'm not laughing I'm no, no, being serious. no no i know i know i i know for the last year or so i've started talking about that's going to save some polar bears and the reason why is that one of the big titles on our service was uh, our planet which is uh, and and you know a a a recognizable sign for for climate change and and sea level rise and melting polar caps are are poor emaciated polar bears i'm sorry to give the bad imagery and so we have this big wall and it shows polar bears in, in a very happy state and i always keep thinking that i i've sometimes put some snarky post-it notes when and i do it as as a, as a as a kind of thank you for people when you know engineering teams do think about uh, efficiency of something i'll put a little post-it note with thought bubbles saying thanking them by name so the polar bear is like thanks steve for <laughs> for making this more efficient we'll maybe maybe our children will have some more ice but i, I think it, it, it's worth thinking about definitely and our planet is a great series as well to watch so if people haven't watched it they should go watch it incredibly well made indeed Oh, right, so what have I been up to this week? Well, I'm back in my office. I think last week, it last week I said I was out of my office, so I'm now sat in my armchair in the in my corner office trying to decide which of my two big windows to look out of um, at the no view that I have, but I've, there was a view the other side of the windows. I have windows now appropriate to see them <laughs> in there. But uh, what have I been doing this week? Oh, unit testing. You said unit testing. I, I did. Been, I've been having um, uh, some unit testing fun this week. Yeah, obviously, when, when you're using um, XC Test, uh, you would normally host the tests in the application that you're trying to test the classes from. Um, either that, or you've got to add every single source code um, unit to the test um, target as well. So the normal thing is to host them inside the main application. They run in process. But of course, that means when your unit tests run, your application starts up uh, as the host environment for your unit tests. And this has been causing a number of problems at times because um, when the application starts up, it also goes off and does a lot of things, um, which you don't necessarily need it to do in unit testing. You just want it to be... um, you, know, you just want it to to be there. You don't want it to be really doing much other than being there. Uh, and so things like it might be putting up initial screens. It might be doing things like making an initial network request to get some data. Um, uh, you know, and so that, that has been causing, because uh, when we're unit testing, we are mocking um, all our network calls um, or we, we have a, a mock network provider. Everything's been set up to work through protocols. So at unit testing time, we just um, put in a different provider, uh, which gets static data off of, um, in fact, it comes straight out of the, the unit test bundle. Um, so, for example, if it's trying to load object what number one, where it would normally go to the network and ask for object number one, it's actually just loading a, a JSON file off of the disk called object number one because it, it interprets it that way for example and of course that's all great um but sometimes if the app starts up well that's creating its own provider which might be connecting to the network or if it if if it does use the test provider it might now start asking information that's not necessarily part of the test because it's doing on a background thread or something so basically i've been looking at this problem this week of you know uh, of solving this um and uh this is something that i didn't know uh, maybe this is absolute common 
knowledge um but there is a way within your application to to tell if it's been launched as part of network uh, part of unit tests um or not um and so now basically i've solved my problems by when the application launches in the app delegate i first of all establish if i'm uh, being i've been launched as part of a unit test especially if there are unit tests in process uh, and if they are i basically don't set anything up mm. <laughs> and assume that the unit test will do it um and uh so then they come you know I, I don't even display ui i don't even let the app delegate doesn't even bother displaying the first window of the app because then nothing can go on so it really just sits there and um so you know this is a you know, in our in, in our app's case it's quite a simple thing to do because our setup is quite logical and the way it works is so basically with a few lines of code i was able to to get rid of all these problems in a app that's been done in a way or not be so um yeah so i've learned something this week that you can detect if um unit tests are running inside the process and if they are set your app up differently so they don't conflict with your unit tests or start doing lots of different network calls and apparently it's fine for ui testing you don't have to worry because ui tests don't run in process so your app if you try and run ui tests your app will start up as normal um and do all its normal setup so you can get the best of best of both worlds so uh, there we are that that's something i've learned this week a little a little snippet that uh, you you can basically uh, uh just check whether you're unit testing um and not do stuff now of course if you're um if you're doing ios app uh this was in a mac app but if you're doing an ios app this is a good um uh, that loads an initial storyboard by default and starts putting a whole bunch of UI apps. So um, the way you want to get around that, obviously, is to not have an automatic storyboard loaded um, at startup, but to do it in code uh, by setting, you know, loading it from the storyboard or the zip, whatever you use, and setting the root view controller. Um, and, of course, if you detect in your app delegate that you are um, uh, running in unit test mode, just don't set up a root view controller and then your app won't go off and do anything but everything that it will, will exist in there and all will be hunky-dory so uh, there we are there i think that's our little uh, that's our title a little snippet of hunky-dory there we are fantastic album hunky-dory one of my favorites so scott oh sp- you know, now for the entertainment portion or the jealousy portion of our of our evening last friday i got to see king crimson so for all you prog rock fans i don't know whether you are a fan of king crimson i remember my brother had this album called uh whatever in the court of the crimson king which was their first album it had this just bizarro cover to it i always wondered about that i think anybody who you know grew up with older siblings that had album collections sometimes you have like these these images of album covers in your mind and it wasn't until i was in high school many many years later that that i really got into them mostly because i just think that the 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 drummer Bill Bruford was spectacular, and they play very, very complicated music. Speaking of polynome, you know, and 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 odd time signatures, that's like the the uh, you know poster child for odd time signatures is King Crimson. And this is the first time I've ever been to a concert where they had not one, not two, but three drummers. 
And it was astounding because each drummer would, in, would, would start a pattern and it would be finished in time or continued by the second drummer and then by the third drummer. It had the, the, the visual and, and rhythmic effect of, of what they do in American baseball stadiums, you know, the wave where people kind of sit up and stand up and it looks like there's a, a wave appearing in a circular or ovular stadium. Yeah, um, it's what they do at all stadiums where the thing going on in the stadium is incredibly boring and they exactly. need to entertain themselves. Yeah, well, that was it. But it was good, but uh, it was it was just amazing synchronization. And I always say that, you know, an understanding of rhythm, understanding of music is really helpful uh, for software developers, particularly when you're dealing with asynchronous, uh, you know, programming. And I find it much easier to, to wrap my head around something if I can have a picture, an imaginary picture of how the data is shaped and how it's being acted upon and how it's traversing the network. Um, and it, it made it made it much more clear why you know dating all the way back to the the days of Next Step, and they were promoting this this thing called Enterprise Objects Framework, which is the granddaddy of core data and the the granddaddy of all kind of object relational graphing that's graphs that sit on top of 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 SQL databases. They would always have these animations where they show these throbbing objects with you know going over the wire and, and being split and copied and so on and so forth. It made it look like you know looking at cells under a microscope or something. But whatever whether it's music or biology or any of those things, I think it really is helpful when you're doing programming to have some picture of it taken from another domain, whatever it is that works for you. But um, I remember um, our, our friend Tim Eisted. Mm-hmm. Uh, he did a talk at one of the early NS conferences uh, about music and software, mm. um, and all about how music is itself a series of patterns, basically a series of algorithms, uh, and it's very logical. And how you can, um, uh, by listening to music, you can identify certain patterns, and you can see how, um, in, in just very clearly in your head quite quickly if you sort of know a few patterns you can say well that song was made up of these five patterns um and it says you know it, and it's a way again this learning to recognize patterns is a great way to look at software look at code and say well actually you know it's always going to be around these patterns and whether those patterns are um broader concepts such as a great pattern within coco is delegation for example they always look for the delegation um or data sources or whether it's uh, more about um how certain things are done more tightly in, in a specific piece of code. Pattern recognition, uh, you know, if, if you look at code and try and read every single line of code and, uh, initially and try and get what's going on, that could be overwhelming. So the first thing, whenever I come to a code base anyway, or, or come to a problem in a code base, is look for the patterns, look for how it's how it's working. And this is where, when as a team, having agreed patterns is great because then the code is consistent. Um you know, it's, it's like, you know, the bass player and the guitarist and the drummer all understand this is the patterns of this song, whereas if um, they were all playing something different, the song would be a mess, and hence so is software, if you do that as well. Anyway, that's my little, my little, um, I'll see if I can find a link to the video. Yeah, I was going to um, ask. It's, 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 pretty old, it's pretty old now. I'm, I've, I have no idea if it's still relevant, but we will post a link anyway. Yeah, we're going to have bunches of show notes just for, because I think it may be helpful to our fractional listener, um, to 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 have some visualization of the stuff we go on about. So speaking of going on about, you know that there was some type of event that happened yesterday, but I can't remember what it was. Oh right, Apple released uh, some products yesterday. Yeah, do you know what? I didn't watch the event. Did oh you my watch god, the event? Uh, I did uh, because we we watched with great interest to see what the you know the the new announcements yeah. and about Apple TV Plus. 
Yeah, I guess I guess for you, there's a lot more. You know, there's a lot more product ranges affect what you do because you're yeah. on every platform. Yeah. Um, you, uh, yeah, I did watch it, and I read the I read the highlights this morning of what had been released, and I decided, well, probably for the not the first time ever, but one of the very few times. Yeah, I don't even think I need to watch that really. And um, as a developer, I don't feel that the hardware. Don't get me wrong, iOS 13 itself um, and iPad OS have massive things in for us developers that we're looking at but um as a developer i don't think the device is bringing anything new that i have to worry about um and i don't think i'm going to get one i mean as much as i would love a um yeah one of the new uh, iphone 11 pros for um you know for the camera yeah i can't you know it's I, 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 yeah, I'm at the point. I'm not going to justify spending over a thousand dollars to get a slightly better camera in my phone um, than, than the one I've got that's already perfectly good there. Especially when I'd actually probably spend that many, prefer to spend that many on the 16-inch update to the uh, uh, MacBook Pro that we hope is coming later in the year. So mm. that's my my initial thing. But anyway, you, uh, that's my my downer Brit thing on it. You you give me your upbeat American yeehaw on it. Well, I mean, there was there was a whole thing in the Times, you know, somebody's opinions like it's time for an end to this stuff. It's not that we don't realize that that or don't recognize that iPhone has fundamentally changed society, but is this this uh, you know arrangement different from others? And they they pointed out some things. I, I'm kind of in between the two. I think the things that were a little bit different is they they made the prices uh, a little bit more reasonable. They have a wider range. Like I, I got one of the first watches because you know we we developed one of the first watch app watch apps at, at Findry and got to go down to the lab there and that was wonderful but itself is so first generation that that I, I used it for a while but then I stopped just because it was just you know especially by comparison what with now one that has an always on display and has compass and, and cell and, and GPS built into it it, it it especially for the health related stuff I think it's actually a, a a a significant net positive for society I really do I think watches is you know it really has done a lot for a lot of people and and the medical research thing i think is 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 completely laudable and the fact that apple has the the privacy baked in i think is is good i think the other thing too is interesting is that is that they have a trade in and i maybe they'd had it before but i think people have realized that, that yeah it's been around for a little while now. it has so uh probably at least at least since the 7 maybe i don't know no. something like that yeah so one presumes that they they either kind of tear them down and and reuse the components or just you know cycle them on in a secondary market. What, however, it's done, it's done. So I think you have to to people have to 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 change. I think the way that they look at it because you know it's not just because I'm a software developer that I I you know have an important relationship with my phone in terms of how it brings me information and allows me to do things. I am an avid, you know, uh, photographer and videography. I do, you know, I, I am going to get one just because I can through trade in. Um, and so it's just basically, it's a fixed cost. I also lease a car. I also have other things. So, you know, I, I don't, I, I you know, I, I'm sure almost anybody would say, wow, you have this fetish object and, and you can argue that it is, but I think for, for plenty of people, it's, it's not, it's just, a, it's a, it's, a super important tool for 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 modern life. Now, do I do it? You know, does the stuff about slow fees does that impress me? No, it doesn't. I think that that's kind of cretinous, but you know, people like it. Um, but uh, and of course, you're an incredibly blessed Californian in the tech industry, so well, you can afford it. Well, that that Which, too. Yeah. So that's fine, and yeah. you don't need to feel bad about that. Right. You just go and go and do it. But I think the you know, 
I, I think it is, personally, I think it's a little crazy that there's this expectation that people will own $1,000 phones. Um, you know, that's a, that's a lot of minimum wage hours. It is. Um, which is why I think I think it is good that they're lowering the, the bottom end prices. However, in fairness, the bottom end prices are now where the prices the prices always used to be before they made the massive price hike. I mean, it used to be like $700 for the phone. And everyone's like, $700 for a phone. Now the bottom end is $700. Right. Um, and we're saying, oh, great, they brought the prices down. They've actually just brought them back to where they were already making shitloads of money before. Yeah. <laughs> I'm told of the ultra shitloads of money they're now making. True. Don't get me wrong. They're True. business. Their, their job is to make money. And if people are buying them, you can't complain. <laughs> yep. Well, but I think there, and again, is, is if you think about it, it's like you have it as a phone. It's not a phone. It's like I, I hardly ever make phone calls on it. Um, for me, it's just, it, it is a computer. I think, for example, for my son, and this is, you know, I, I don't know how he does it, but teenagers do. I mean, he composes and writes all his papers. And I, at first I'm thinking, oh, okay, it's going to be written in complete lol spec, in, in lol chat you know, text, but it's not. He composes his very serious, you know, English and history papers in it and, you know, has no more typos or capitalization errors than anybody who who is not writing, you know, has not written every day for many, many years. Um, So for him, it's just his computer. You know, it it is his sole thing. It's his his entertainment. It's his school device. So, you know, I I think that's the thing when you refer to it as a phone, which is the single use device, people do it. But but you're absolutely right. It is a complete, you know, first world luxury type thing. But anyway... We're not the only ones to be commenting on that. I think we may uh, may need to realize that we have taken a luxury of people's time and we should be mindful of their busy lives. I think we should, John, in which case, um, ha- uh, you know, uh, some people will be pained by the fact that you're not in their life for the next seven days or so. Um, so if, if they need to express that pain, where should they do it? Well, they can find me on the place where all pain and all regret is expressed, and that's Twitter. Well, you... <laughs> <laughs> where where I'm Jembe, that's D-J-E-M-B-E, like the West African drum. And if people want to find you on the furthest flung quarters of, of the internet, where may they do so? Well, I am also on the Twitters for, for pain reasons um, as Mac Devnet. I'm also on Microdot Blog, which is far more positive for uh, Scotty. Or, of course, you can get hold of us using that good old-fashioned thing called email by sending an email to feedback at iDeveloper.co. Or by fax to plus one four one five. No, just kidding. <laughs> yes. Oh dear. Yeah, I think there are probably still are people who require you to do things by fax. Um, I tend not to use them. Right. Okay. Uh, it's been great talking to you again this week, John. Um, hopefully, we've had something of interest in it, people. Um, this time next week at our normal recording time, um, I'm going to be on an aeroplane flying over to your part of the world. So oh wow! Going to have to have to sort out a. Uh, Another time to record next week. Although I, I do have a reasonably long layover at um, in Los Angeles, so maybe we can uh, do one from one from the uh, airport lounge in Los Angeles or something, just to be even crappier than usual. Right. <laughs> anyway, there we are. And on that thought, <laughs> we will sort this out offline because I'm sure as much as people might want content, they don't want our scheduling of the recording content. So thanks very much for listening, everyone. If you're in Los Angeles Airport next Wednesday afternoon, see you there. <laughs> But until next time. Stall number three. Yeah. <laughs> until next time. Thanks for listening. <laughs> you take care.